ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show, we're glad you joined us, uh, as always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. We're going to have to add music so you can like, do that and it doesn't distract me. <laughs> It took me a while while editing to get it synced up right the way that I liked it. Where I was like, okay, yeah, that's where the music needs like that. That way, I actually do look like I'm kind of on beat a little bit. <laughs> we appreciate you guys joining us. If you haven't had a chance, if you're watching us on YouTube or listening to our, our audio version, please subscribe, like, share, all the things, all all the things. We want you to do all the things. Yes, uh, all of them. It gives all us a chance. <laughs> It gives us a chance to uh, grow our, our audience and uh, hopefully, you know, have potential guests. You know, who knows? Maybe somebody you know that knows somebody that knows somebody wants to be a guest and, and share their opinion. Yeah. Uh, super shout out to our two latest YouTube subscribers. Thank yeah. you, Thank whoever you, you are. Um, maybe you only make it this far in this video. <laughs> You're like, I got what I came for. I'm out of here. Um <laughs> But hopefully you stick around. I think we got some fun stuff to talk about today. But That's true. Well, um, hey, let's get into it. Sports. Uh, I watched um, a couple of things out there on top of my mind. First is the Kwame thing. Dude. <laughs> okay, so yeah, like, I guess, you know, Steven Jackson and... And Matt Barnes have a podcast because, I mean, who doesn't have a podcast? Like, freaking Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo have a podcast, apparently. They, they jacked our idea. Coming after our market, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but don't worry. We are not afraid to take on the big boys of CNN. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I guess they were talking some smack about Kwame Brown. Uh, then Gilbert Arenas showed up somehow and... Then Kwame took it very personally, which I could understand because he's kind of been like a punchline NBA for a while. And I'd probably get sick and tired of that, too. But yeah. um, I don't know. Like, he just started going after everybody, like, one by one by one. He's like, okay, Jamel Hill, I got <laughs> thoughts for you. You know, like Stephen A. Smith, I got thoughts for you. Skip Bayless, you're cool. But I still got thoughts for you. Like, <laughs> no, he told money. I, I don't know why you gave me a pass. But the thing I respect about it, and I, you know, I know that these are public figures, and I, I like his comment about Kobe. Right? I'm, I've never been a Kobe fan, but I understand people rock with Kobe, Kobe heavily. Um, and like his thoughts on MJ, totally get it. Like, but. Nobody knew the whole story, but everybody was coming at him. And like, you know, full disclosure, when he said, I'm a grown man and the way I grew up, you don't come at a grown man like that. I was like, yeah, I feel you, my dog. Because Apparently a lot of people did. <laughs> <laughs> like real talk. I mean, I may not say a lot to a lot of people, but there's some conversations I'm not having, you know, it's just not going to be a thing. And I'm not going to sit there with my, you know, with. You know, for sorry for this phrase, with my balls in my throat and let you come at me and just take it like that. That's just, I mean, no, no, that's much more my style. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 
don't recommend that. That's not a good way to live life, you know? Um, yeah. Fortunately, I, I don't find myself in that situation very much because I'm a pretty likable guy. Well, that's true. And here's the thing about athletes. And, and like, I get, like, the perception that we as fans or observers may have, right, of a, a player's ability. The part that a lot of people forget is the business of the sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when – for example, he's talking about his trade when he got picked up with the Wizards. The intent was to trade him, like, right to sign that deal and know that. I mean, what do you what do you say? Yeah, you know. So it's like you kind of can't come off at people. It, maybe it's not their ability. Maybe it's just the organization they're a part of, and maybe you know their chess moves. And he just happened to be uh, a target. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I don't even remember all that. Like, I kind of remember the whole thing about Kwame Brown being the number one pick, and then him eventually getting ending up in L.A. with right. you know Kobe, and then Andrew Bynum coming in, kind of right behind that, and then that was pretty much it. Like, that was the last I really remembered of Kwame Brown, um, and except for the recurring. You know, like kind of jabs <laughs> and punchlines that I don't, were I don't, tossed yeah. his way because I mean, I guess it was like an easy layup for some people. Yeah, and it's not even it's not even warranted. You know, like I, I mean, I may not be a fan of a team or a particular player, but I'm never going to try to like. I don't think I've ever knocked somebody's skills. The dude's in the professional basketball league, so he's got to be good. He can't be garbage. You know, now player to player, sure you can get at him. Like you, you guys had that conversation, but with respect. Yeah. All, I mean, when I mean, the kid was what, 18, 19 yeah. years old when he was drafted, you know, and like went straight to the NBA, like had no real opportunity to develop was like you said, like was originally supposed to be traded and then ended up staying there. And now he's with, I mean, a not in his prime, Michael Jordan. Right who is notorious for not exactly being, like, the most friendly of teammates. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, it is what it is, right? But that's, I mean, it's that's... A raw, it's a raw deal. Yeah. I mean, it's a raw deal. And, I, like, I'm not... I, I, I roll with them on the fact that, yeah, don't come at me like that. Like, legit. Like, okay, may, and maybe he's, he's taken on the chin for a long time, but when some people that, that never played, and there's a... And I'm not calling people out. I'm just saying you never played, yo. Like <laughs> you really have no room to talk. You know, <laughs> if, if best you did was like, you know, rec league, then shut up. <laughs> like you don't, you don't know what it's like. Exactly. Money was 18 years old when he got he went to the NBA. Shut up. He got a 25 million dollar deal. Shut up. And don't the the thing that was kind of uh, what actually wrapped me into the, his conversation was. And I think this is probably coming more from his heart. Um, it's like, and I, I feel this a lot, you know, like, and this is like, well, it's kind of, it is a thing. So I was walking somewhere the other day and, you know, there's a couple brothers I saw. I don't know him, but we did a nod, right? And I mean, it's like, yo, we got to, you know, I respect what you're doing at whatever level and I acknowledge you. And that's a part of what that means in my mm-hmm understanding of it and and why like like if i didn't give somebody the, the what's up like i could lose my black card just 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 for being stupid but like 
they should at the same time acknowledge what he did and don't come at him like that. Like I would not be, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna go around knocking down somebody that's achieved something because in in my culture, there's not a lot of us that can get in that spotlight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's it's like an E area. I would, you know, funny E area story. We went to, uh, I guess, the retirement of one of the executives party in Durham that one time. And all the black kids were like, we're hanging around each other. And we were prompted. And I've heard this before. Well, you know, when you guys are all standing around each other, you know, people think something's wrong. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> And I respect the person that said it. I knew why they said it. And I've, I understand that perception, but we shouldn't have to police each other in business. And that's how, kind of how, like, you know, I was like, yo, he shouldn't have to police himself with his own people right now. Like somebody should have his back. Yeah. His stats may not have been up there, but we don't know the context. Right. Uh, so, you know, but I, I watched every video yo, and I was, I was, I was vibing. I was getting mad a little bit too. I was like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> it's crazy, yo. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, real talk. I mean, there, there's so much, not just the, and, I, and I'm not trying to like get preachy on this, but not just the entertainment value. He was saying more than what probably a lot of people were even hearing, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, I mean, like, so, so I'll be honest. Like when I tuned in, Basically, I got on Twitter and I saw Kwame Brown was trending, and I was like, "Okay, well, what's up with that?" And then it was like, you know, starting at the end, and I'm like, "Okay, well, where did this begin?" And so then it's like I had to go to Google to go figure <laughs> out like how, where did this all start, and start reading and watching some of these videos, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay, well." Uh, but yeah, like I guess it, at first I was kind of like, okay, so Kwame Brown is doing something ridiculous, you know, like, but then the more I kind of watched, I'm like, you know, I, I would probably be in the exact same position where if, you know, like I had, had the opportunity to be a number one draft pick somewhere, not that right. I would, but, um, <laughs> maybe like a bowling league, um, <laughs> Um, stupid, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to be a decent bowler. I took yeah, I took but... bowling like three different semesters at NC State. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <Stop. laughs> All right. You used to get to go down to Western Lanes and go th go bowl for an hour. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you opt for that elective every year? You're right. You're right. You're right. a superstar, number one draft pick. <laughs> but yeah, so anyways, um, I I like if you're just sitting out there getting constantly bombarded with or like just kind of hearing people talking smack about you and taking cheap shots, like at some point I feel like I'd be like, no, you know what? Like, okay, you, this is what I think about what you've said, like you and you and, you know, I mean, it's like with Kevin Durant had the whole thing where he had like the you know, uh, fake accounts and stuff like right. that and was defending himself through these fake accounts, which I think is on like a whole nother, like at least with Kwame, it's like <laughs> this dude's just out here like, no, I'm going to record another video. I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'm going to post it for everybody to see. Like, I mean, the thing that people forget is like, you know, I always tell people, you know, 
where where I come from doesn't determine where I'm going. But at the same time, I don't forget my roots. <laughs> so, like, there's so much you can say to me, but then there's a part where it's like, nah, you got to stop talking, yeah. Well, and it really seemed, because he touched on it briefly, but it seemed like it really struck a nerve. Because it seemed like his son had seen yeah. some of it, you know, or seen, like, a bunch of it. And that he felt like it was really affecting him or his relationship with him or something to that effect. And, like, as a father, like, I would imagine also, like, if people were out there just talking shit about me and my kid was, like, having to absorb yeah. it on the internet regularly, I'd be like, man, this, <laughs> you know, like, Yeah, there's, like I said, man, there's only so much you can say to certain people, man. They, they may, he may have some cheese in his pocket, but, like, his story's his story. Like, he's a kid from the PJs, and, you know, money's out there playing ball. Like, I always say, I can play basketball, but I'm not a baller, so <laughs> he's that guy, right? Yeah. So if he's, like, playing kids for their shoes, that's a different level, first of all. Um, but you know, I respect what he's saying. And I, I think, I mean, people, they can have their opinion true, but do it with respect. Don't, don't disrespect. Don't call somebody out of their name or diminish what they do. Like if somebody does something I don't like specifically, I don't like what you did yeah. and, and leave it like that. But don't be like, and your mom, my mom, <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, and like that's a like we're doing something different, bro. Like it's not it's not that way, and it's just like I I I literally just watched all those videos, so like my head my head is in that space of like <laughs> yeah, don't come at me like that. It's not it's not a thing. So speaking of respect, the Knicks, yo, are um, apparently on their way to the playoffs. Four seed, yo. Now, Not even like just squeaking in. No, they right? they, they did their thing, man. They I'm did. so excited. That's awesome. I'm like Spike Lee excited, but I have to. Keep... <laughs> Except you got like two feet on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like like quiet, like excited, but I'm like yeah, I don't want. And I don't believe in luck, so I'm like I don't want to jinx it. Like, yeah, I'm just waiting for them to fall apart, which is sad to say. It's like. <laughs> That's my squad, and it's and I always, you know, I always complain about, yeah, I just want to get the playoffs. I don't want yeah. to, and so you're there, yeah, and I'm going to take it. That's a win for me. Um, so yeah. I mean, this is house money that they're playing with now, right? Yeah. Or do they have expectations now that they've gone in as as a, as a four seed in your mind? I think that if they I, if they lose zero four in the in the first round that they play, it's it's fine. Okay. I, I think it's fine because I think that uh, for any team, any sport, when you when you get to that point where you get to the all right, we played our regular season pretty strong. You can duplicate that. The foundation should be there, right? Uh, and players, they are interchangeable. Like there's some things that just that will continue to work. Look at the Patriots, right? Look at um, a lot of any team that's won. Like look at the Lakers. There are some things where look at the Tom Brady's. Exactly. Look at Tom. Right. I mean, I'm. But <laughs> no, I. <don't>, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'll just go down here and yeah. I'll and win I the same way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, math is math, right? You, yeah. you can you can change the language you're speaking to say two plus two equals four, but it still equals four. And I think that the Knicks really 
And they struggled for me like the last seven to nine years of getting those pieces together. And I think they figured something out, although unfortunately without Melo. Uh, it would have been sweeter for me if Melo could have been part of their success right now, to be honest with you. Because I think Melo is an underrated player. Although a lot of players give him a lot of love, you know. So I, I, I like that. And I, I've in basketball, I have the Knicks. And then there's certain players where I'm just like, yo, I rock with you. And Melo is one of those guys on my list of people. Well, that would be both. I mean, he was a Nick and yeah. you rock with him. Yeah. And when he was at Denver, I, I was always like, you know, just well, I was on the Melo bandwagon because he's just an amazing player. He like was. Iverson. You know, there's a lot of players where I'm like, yo, that guy is just nice. And I, and I respect that. So I'm happy. I, that's and where I, I've been with LeBron. I mean. Yeah. Hats off to LeBron. I know he gets crapped on all. I saw yeah, it's like. It's like how much better do you want this man to be? Right? But it's really it's what it boils down to is a matter of you know talk radio crap where they need talking points. You know, it's like they need viewership and so what do we do? We discuss LeBron because there's 50% of the people think he's the greatest and 50% think he's not and it's a polarizing subject and so it's easy fodder for, you know, clicks and eyeballs and well, they can go screw themselves. I mean, like, I agree. They should talk facts. I, I don't want to hear your, your, your BS spin talk. And that's why I don't listen to a lot of like sports radio shows because they piss me off. It's like, that's why I stopped. I mean, I, I used to. Like, I used to listen to, especially the local guys, like regularly. Yeah. Um, and now there's really just like two podcasts, maybe three that I listen to. Number one is probably the Chris and Andre show. <laughs> <laughs> I rock with Bamani. Yeah, you know? I love Bamani. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know if you noticed he changed his artwork for uh, the cover of his podcast. No, I like didn't. recently, it looks very nice. Um, so yeah, Bamani, if you're out there listening, we we're totally big fans. I, we yeah, I rock with you, man. I think you're. He's one of the only legit guys I I can rock with because I don't want to hear garbage talk about athletes. Here's my here's where I, I get pissed off when it comes to athletes. These guys are in the top one percent of their sport after that shut up i'd just like to point out for everybody listening this is coming from the man who left tom brady off of his top 10 nfl quarterbacks list on purpose because <laughs> <laughs> i respect the game but i hate tom brady <laughs> But I may I may hate a team because they're they're always neck they're like always gonna butt head with my team. Right? Trust me, I mean Peyton Manning was like right. that for me. I did not like Peyton Manning when he was in Indianapolis because Philip Rivers and the Chargers were constantly having to play him. Right. And granted, like the Chargers kinda had his number for a little while there, which was nice. But I hated the fact that everyone was like, Oh, Peyton Manning, he's the greatest quarterback to ever play. <laughs> But he is one of the greatest. He so is. And I'm so it's sure not he was like, on my not, top 10 list. Yeah. And I don't. And it, <laughs> all right. So, Tom Brady, I know you're not listening, but I want to say it wasn't you, dude. I really don't like anything from Boston. You know, <laughs> for all you know, that episode is what propelled him to win a Super Bowl <laughs> this year. So, he may he's be like, thanking us right now. So, like Tom Brady, no you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> America, no we're sorry, but Tom Brady, you're welcome. <laughs> some no name in North Carolina is, like, giving me our time. He's but doubting I, I, me? But to be fair, I did say that he was going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. To I think be he fair. Did. I'd have to go dig it up, but 
Yeah. I believe to, you. To be fair, I did say that he could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, like, no, I do remember you saying that, at least. I don't know if it was will, but definitely could. Yeah, so I never, like, I've never doubted his ability. It's just like, I don't want to see him in the playoffs. Like, I don't want like, to see him in the top ten list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see him in the playoffs either. Like, I mean, yeah. the one time that the Seahawks had to play him in the playoffs, and the two or three times, I mean, like, that was Philip Rivers had to play Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, like, Five out of the seven times that he right. was in playoff games, <laughs> it's like. I mean, I'll tell you what the Chargers like. I've never been like a a fan because they were a pain the, the neck for Denver. So yep. it was it was never like anything more than, anything more than that. I was like, man, I just don't want to see them. You know, the the less I can see them, the happier I am. So your love for Philip Rivers has only developed because of me, is what you're saying. My disdain for Philip Rivers has only grown because of you. <laughs> like, it's like he's everywhere. Like, you know that ice cream shop in in Durham? Yeah, Philip Rivers ate there once. Yeah, what? yeah. In Who fact, uh, it, they they own that now. That's him and his wife Tiffany. So uh, the I've been trying to watch baseball. It's been kind of off. Like the Yankees have been up and down, and. Um, there's only like one story, well, two stories in baseball that have interested me Tell this, me. this so far. So one is Trey Turner, NC State shortstop, um, <laughs> who started out the season having like a phenomenal uh, year. I, I don't know. He hasn't, I haven't seen many things lately about him. So maybe he's cooled off a little bit, but uh, the Nats haven't been winning very much. So that probably doesn't help. But then Carlos Rodon. Uh, the White Sox pitcher, former NC State pitcher. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't help it. It's how I decide what I'm going to pay attention to. <laughs> so when I see that you want to talk about baseball, like I start fact checking these guys. I'm like, they they're all at state. They're all at state guys. <laughs> how else would I know about this? Um, but yeah, like he well, again having a very good start to the season. Lost recently, but. Um, then I see that everybody's all upset about this 3-0 pitch home run uh, in the Twins. Was it Twins White Sox game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what? So baseball is one of these sports where they have all these crazy rules, right? Like these unwritten rules of baseball where you're not supposed to do this and you never do this. And right. it seems like a lot of those rules have started to kind of go away like the bat flipping and some of the you know showboating and stuff like that but this i i did not realize i mean i guess the guy is a position player that's in there pitching he's throwing like 50 mile an hour you know loopers but i mean if you're the twins like i don't know it's like in football man if you can't stop me from running into the end zone i'm just supposed to like <laughs> fall down so i don't hurt your feel like that's that hurts your feelings less you know, if if it was a two zero pitch, then it's okay. Or if a three one pitch, like I don't, you know what I mean? Like that's what I don't under. That was a strike. Yeah. What is he supposed to? He's just supposed to take the strike. <sighs> Sorry, I'll shut up for a second. <laughs> no, I mean, I I like your your opinion about it. Like I personally. Um, like a couple of weeks ago, there was a, uh, a, a 
a dis- like a disagreement about a record. Like this pitcher had this great game, and I'm like, look, guys, all in out. If the organization is going to give this guy the record, and like, let's just call it what it is. And like any reasonable person would be like, yeah, that's what he did, right? And when I I didn't read this whole story, but I'm like. Why would you swing on a three and zero? Like, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like the dude threw it across the plate. Like if you wanted to, if you are, if if the goal was to not try and get, like you have to get guys out at some point if the game's going to move on, right? So you're saying yeah. that they should just they should just stand there and let every single pitch go by and hope that he throws three strikes so that the game can be over faster. Like if that's like it, just just implement a mercy rule in baseball, so that you know it's like little league. No, we won't hurt anybody's feelings anymore. Well, everybody I, can have a trophy at the end of the game, and we'll all get orange slices. But, but I think that's like one of those political. <laughs> like I'm trying to ignore you because I'm going to start laughing. But that's one of those political moves on that in that whole argument. It's like it doesn't really matter, you know. It's no, like, it does it. I mean, but that's what I, like I just. I really feel like if you're the twins and you don't like that, then make the pitch unhittable, right? Or put an actual pitcher in. Like, the game's over. I don't don't like uh, if – I'm just saying, like, at this point, you're throwing (laughs) strikes. The guy's guy's standing there. He's like – and the other piece, right, he's on a rookie contract. Right. So at the end of the year, he gets paid based on his stats. Or his next contract is going to be based on his stats. And one home run, 29 to 30, could be the difference between a couple million dollars here or there. Regardless of when he hit it, right? So I'm going to give you my my overall feeling about baseball. Yeah. After the, I want to say the second strike in the late 80s. Yeah, I I lose track of how they pet so many. Yeah, that was like eighty nine, eighty eight, yeah. somewhere in there. They're like one more stupid decision away from me not watching baseball ever again. Like yeah. they're, like, it's just like, hey, I'll let you have your like. For me, that's that falls in the category of like, hey, you're getting close, right? Those are the things that go back to like, um, you make that stink for the fans. You make that stink because you want press or attention on your club. It has nothing to do with the game. Like, that's that's what frustrates me about, like, baseball. Yeah. So. I just think, ultimately, poor strategy by the Twins. You put a guy up there who hits home runs. You give him a pitch. I mean, it looked like a freaking home run derby pitch. <laughs> if that. You know? Like, and he's just standing there like, well, shh. You know? And it's his job. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, and so I just, I yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if if you're gonna, if it's an unwritten rule and you're gonna make a big stick about it, then just make it a written rule. You know, I mean, well, you it, can't because the right, players exactly will, because it's a stupid up. thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a rule if it's a three zero pitch, you're not allowed to swing. <laughs> Like what if he what if he'd swung and and hit it hit it short of a home run you know and it just been a fly out right would anybody care? No, but remember what I said earlier. Why do you swing on a three zero pitch? Right, like it, it always. I mean, at, 
Because you think played... that this that the ending of this game is as stupid <laughs> as I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're tired of watching this guy throw loopers over the plate to you and your teammates, while all you want to do is have a shot at hitting an actual home run, and you get a pitch and you go, Mm-mm, smack. Yeah, because you know everything else is going to be off, right? So and why chances are you're not going to be playing with Chicago again next year anyway. <laughs> so. So my point is like, why swinging a three? I mean, it, there's, it's, yeah, they they got what they wanted. They got people talking about it. Yeah, and again, sports radio, it's your fault too. <laughs> um, I'm kind of concerned about the uh, the Olympics. Like, uh, apparently, people in Japan don't want the Olympics because they're not doing so well with the vaccine. Yeah, I'd heard that they had a bunch of flare-ups, uh, yeah. you know, outbreaks, um, clusters, and stuff like that of COVID over there, and have been really struggling. And so it's been kind of up and down whether or not they were going to do it. Had they, they, I feel like they had there had been talk of like a you know a B site kind of like Plan B, oh, but I I don't know. I I've only all I've been able to catch is like. Uh, the citizens of Japan or in that particular city are like, no, we're good. Like, like, like hard, hard pass. Does the city listen? <laughs> well, I, I think they're a lot I, of money. Yeah. Their logic is, well, there's going to be no fans there. Even the athletes families aren't going to go to the Olympics. So what's the for point? them? It's a money play, right? Um, I don't, I don't have an answer. Um, Part of me selfishly is like, well, our soccer team, only half of our soccer representation is going to be there. So it doesn't really matter. But I'd like to see the women, you know, get another gold medal. Yeah. Other, other than that, you know, I don't, I'm not really in the track and field like that or swimming. I just want to – I'm probably only going to watch, like, the football. That's it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I used to be more into the Olympics when I was younger. You know, I used to have all of this – kind of sparkle and grandeur and i mean every once in a while there'd be an interesting story like michael phelps um you know going for a record number of golds and stuff it's i don't i'll be honest i'll tell you respect to phelps i didn't care you know why i cared (laughs) (laughs) because the guy that swam the third leg in that race went to nc state went to nc state I just can't make it. Stop. We're everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want from me. Well, that's that's fine, and I know there are some. Uh, there's a couple of female Carolina swimmers uh, that did really well. Yeah, it's just not a sport that I'm like going to watch. Yeah, like, no, I understand. Like, and again, I used to be more into that. Find it more interesting, I guess. I, I part of it, I think, also is like that. I don't know that. I think when I was younger, I had more of that kind of like blind patriotism. It's right. like USA, USA, and now it's a little more like USA. <laughs> <laughs> I think the U should be silent. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like SA. Um, so yeah, like I feel like that that plays a role in it though because it is so. 
Yeah, he used to be like, go America, like we got to win all the gold. And now it's like the more that I've grown up and learned about everything, I'm kind of like, well, <laughs> do we really need to win all the golds? And do we really deserve to win all the golds? And ultimately, what do the Olympic Games even really matter? <laughs> oh, wait, they don't. It means absolutely nothing whatsoever. Like, Well, they do matter. Uh, okay. I mean, okay, so gymnastics, right? You have a Simone Biles. You have a... Um, like there are some sports that don't get the national attention. They only get them at the Olympics, like gymnastics. So why don't we just limit it to those things and get rid of everything else? Because they added uh, badminton. They added um, like okay, badminton's pretty 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 dope though. I mean, we watch those guys like those shuttlecocks. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to say shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a few like like I'll watch gymnastics for certain athletes. I'll watch um, I'll watch like taekwondo every now and then. It's not it's not my art of of choice, but I'll watch it because it's interesting to see how those guys compete. Um, I would watch the wrestling when I watch volleyball. NC State guys were in it. Actually, uh, one of my son's friends, my oldest son's. Um, he wrestled at NC State, and he's a big kid. They wrestled at Cary High, mm-hmm. and he tried out for the Olympics. He was like, he was freaking huge, dude, like big old ham hock hands. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I mean, so I'll, there's like some sports like they fit in the rotation for a reason. Like if you know, like some of like a couple of our fr- our son's friends went to college and they tried out for the Olympic team, and we'd watch wrestling, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, gymnastics, sure, because that's that's it, been more exciting the last two or three Olympics. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I may w- watch. I mean, but some of the sports are kind of like, what? What are we? It's, I mean, the fact that some of these things are still sports. Yeah, hacky sack. Come on, that's that's <laughs> not an Olympic sport, is it? Really? It might be. Did they add that? I could <laughs> see had, it. They added a couple things where I'm like, what do you? That's not. I mean, it's a competitive thing to do but i wouldn't really call it like a sport a sport <laughs> i mean there's some of the stuff in the winter uh, games too where luge ice was it luge not uh the ice luging the thing oh, with the don't you dare come I... after my game of what is it called is curling curling that, that is ridiculous it's the i it's the sport that i think i was born to play um <laughs> Just never, just born on the wrong continent. Um, <laughs> this is the You've never I'm seen sorry, me I'm sweet. Not, I'm not saying it's dumb. No, I know it's. I, I know I don't, it's, I don't. It's the it. weirdest game. Like, how do you? How does that become a game? I mean, it's basically ice shuffleboard. <laughs> That's what it is. I can't. I mean, it's just honest. Like, it's ice shuffleboard. Is, is shuffleboard in the Summer Olympics? Is that it? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Do we have Olympic shuffleboard teams? <laughs> I don't care because I'm not watching that crap, man. It's like three oh, but hours. like shuffleboard is one of my favorite games to play when I'm on vacation. That's I mean that's a classic vacation game, right? Maybe that's that's some WPS. <laughs> I just remember like when I was a kid, we were going on vacation and Stop, they would have the shuffleboards, and we were like, yeah. Go play shuffleboard. We were like three or four years old. It just seemed hilarious to shoot these pucks across the board and then watch them clang in the other ones. No. Okay, so our, since our society is going to crap, 
<laughs> Wait, what does that have to do with our society going to crap? It's because, because we have a lack of shuffleboard. Yeah. Sure. I'm telling you. It's a time-honored tradition. Pop culture. I know you mentioned Paul Mooney passing away. I uh, didn't that, mention it, but I did put it in the uh Well, yeah. <laughs> the show so I've been talk about. <laughs> like he had some good comedy sets and one thing I I you know, I never like even when Kobe died, like I'm not that guy, right? It's yeah. like eh, it's it's sucks, but no, I mean, I, I literally put it in here so that I could do a snippet. It's like, you know, we say goodbye to Paul Mooney, and then we get, like, 85 hits. Because that's, that's what happened that's, with Sean Connery. That's terrible. Like, so, I, Sean Connery is my dude. Paul no, Mooney was... I, I'm just... I know. I no, saw... I, I, because, like, I... You... I, sorry, I saw it, and I mostly remember Paul Mooney... I guess, like, I was really introduced to Paul Mooney probably with the Chappelle show when he would do the, uh, like, uh, Blackstradamus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't look at – I never – it was a while ago. I stopped looking at him as a comedian because he's always been more of an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, As a comedian, his like I saw a set he did on Shaq's special, like that Shaq does every now and then, and it's actually pretty decent. But um, his comedy is more—it's like that Chappelle level of like make you think about the things that are happening around you. Yeah. And I stopped looking at him more of a as a comedian and more of a person that's actually speaking truth to the insanity. Um, and I, the, my loss for that is there's not a lot of voices that are, and I hate the word ally. <laughs> like there's not a lot of non-allies that are trying to speak honestly and that get a pass to speak some level of truth to the, to the insanity that we have. And I think Dave Chappelle has a good, um, um, he's got that voice. Right? He's one of the few people that actually have that voice. Uh, so I, I look at it as a loss of, there aren't a lot of black people out there saying things that, you know, in a way that we understand it or other people can understand it. They're like, yeah, that's actually happening right now. So, um, it sucks. You know, it's like, I'm not comparing him to Martin Luther King, but one thing I always talk about with my kids is that, you know, as a culture and as a society and for black people, we have continuously lost people that, actually show a level of leadership in our community or they can you know say something publicly that make people think and we typically have we haven't replaced a lot of those people those other people aren't stepping up to that level uh the only person i can i can honestly say i've seen do that really uh, would be dave Chappelle. chris rock is kind of you know and it's interesting it's all comedians that it, i see in this light i don't see like politicians or um uh, community leaders doing, you know, filling that role. I, I typically see like Dave Chappelle, uh, Chris Rock, you know, Paul Mooney, not, not a lot, not anybody else. Yeah. It's really interesting. Cause I think even across kind of the racial lines, like comedians have always served such a kind of vital role in 
modern American society, I think, and right. kind of like pointing out a lot of those things and at in the moment making you laugh, but then like it really isn't like that after the show, right? Where you're going right. home and you're like, I laughed at that, but damn, like she really meant that. Like that's true. <laughs> like, is it funny? You know, like I laughed because I realize how true it is and because he said it, but like, shouldn't we be doing something about this kind of thing, you know, or, or I think just like really helping to open people's eyes to that. I mean, I think not, I don't know. Well, you know why stereotypes are funny? Because they're (laughs) typically true, right? And I always say that, I'm like, well, that's. As long as you're not being racist about it, it's it's typically true. And I, I watched, uh, I rewatched a J- Joe Coy. Uh, he's a really mm-hmm. funny Filipino guy. Yep. Um, he actually said the same thing. I'm like, yeah. And so it's not just me. There's no. there's a <laughs> like stereotypes are funny because they're true, but you the minute you you making it uh, a weapon against somebody, you're being racist. I mean, right? we uh, talked about like Tyler Perry, right? Yeah. Like. I think that's another cla- like some of that is just like classic kind of stereotypes, right? And and it's he plays to that because it's like wink, wink, nod, you know. And there's an audience there that really appreciates that. But I, a funny thing is, and I agree with what you're saying. But it, we talked about it when we talked about Black AF, right? Yeah, that was his. Pers- that was the lens he saw his community to, right? And I was in I. I got in a fight with my mom at Christmas about Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I am I was not a fan. Yeah. Because I felt like he was he was making his experience every black person's experience. And that's what people were identifying. I'm like, yeah, but that's you know, that wasn't my experience and I kinda I was getting defensive about that. But when I actually watched that episode but well actually prior to that I saw about some of the work he was doing in Atlanta and helping people get jobs and starting, you know, places where people can work, all those. And I was like softening up. And then when I heard him actually, and I'm sure he wasn't just, I hope, and I believe it wasn't just a script. That's his perspective. That's his experience. And I was like, yeah, let me ease up off my dude because he's right. You know, like, my experience as a black man is not the same as his. And, you know, there's a lot of people that may have that same experience. So I, I've got to not think he's just selling out to make some money. But that if that's what he saw growing up, then I, who am I to take that away from? Him? So, right. You know, so God bless you, Tyler Perry. Uh, keep, you know, and I, and I, and Paul Mooney for me is like one of those people like, um, uh, and I'm not an activist. I'm just kind of like, yo, you, sometimes you need certain people to not, not necessarily speak truth to a situation, but to speak honestly about a situation. And I say that particularly because truth is, um, it's, it's a natural law. You, you kind of can't deny truth, like gravity, right? You, what goes up must come down. It's a truth. Yeah. The fact is... I threw something at you, it hit you, and then it fell down. <laughs> so so the, the fact is we can do things that influence of, influences a fact, right? Inequality. We influence somebody else's reality. Truth is undeniable. We can't deny it, for, but for so long before it you know, catches up to us. 
And I think that having people that can speak honesty to these our situations and to our society, are, it's a very powerful thing. George Carlin, same way, a very honest person. Yeah. Uh, Rich, Richard Pryor. Um, there's a lot of comedians, and I, what's in, I watch a lot of comedy sh you know shows, and when you, the further you go back in time, the more you see that being prevalent. Robin Williams, even though uh, uh, he had his other, he had other problems, but but a very honest you know person when it came to that, and brought humor to some of the ugliness of our society. So I, I do respect comedians a lot. Yeah. yeah, you know, you mentioned Chris Rock. Um, <laughs> Christy sent me the trailer for like I guess one of the new Saw series oh, that he was going to be a part of and why? I'm like why did you send this to me like I hate these movies God. I hate them with a passion somehow I ended up sitting through the second one in theaters and <laughs> I had never seen the first one mind you I'll give you one guess why I did it because you were working there. No. You're high. No, because it was a girl. Jesus. I was like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to play you out like that. Like I was trying to do everything. I was, like <laughs> no, it's because it was a girl. It was high school or whatever. My first thought was like, <laughs> it was a chick. It was a chick. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad it was your first thought. I appreciate I was, you trying to give me the benefit of the doubt. But I was really hoping you wouldn't there. <laughs> because I totally would not like. Put my, I'd be like, no, nah, we're not seeing that. Like, let's go watch Bambi. <laughs> no, that was what she wanted to go see with her friends because they had seen the first one and they all liked yeah. it. And like, I mean, I'm not a horror movie guy as it is. Like, gore. I mean, uh, blood in general. Like, I'm just like, I mean, certain things I can kind of get past, but right. that was a whole nother level where I'm like, this whole torture thing, and like, I'm just no. There is heart, heart what heart is heart. wrong with people that you want to sit through like twelve of these, and now Chris Rock's like, yeah, I'll go make one of these movies. And I'm just like, what, what? And I was just like, why did you send this to me? And she was like, because Chris Rock is in it. Like, what is he doing? And I'm like, I don't know, but what? Like, I need like a heads up next time. It can't just be like, oh no, sir, no, sir. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, man, I, and I want to give another shout out to the the team at Cinema Sins. Yeah, and yo, that is my new like addiction. Yeah, they did everything wrong with Saw, like one through. I guess they have like six or whatever. Yo, they slay those guys, but <laughs> it's interesting the insights they have on these movies. I'm like, yo, that is kind of stupid. Like, why? <laughs> like, why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you just shoot that? Like, because these, these are things I think when I, whenever I do watch like a horror flick, yeah, I'm like, why don't you just shoot that guy? Like, right. why are you talking to him? It's the whole like you know the suspension of uh, belief, right? Where it's like there are certain things that I can look past, right? Right. But there's a line that you ultimately cross where you take me out of the moment because I'm like. Well, that was dumb. Why didn't they just do this? You know, <laughs> like because it just there, like it breaks the logical paradigm that has already been established through the other stuff in the movie. And so it's like when, to me, it just feels very lazy or clumsy from a editorial, you know, director's like point of view, where it's like really, or from a writer's point of view, where it's like yeah, I, I, you know, I that's blame the, the best writers. you could come up with. Like, I blame the writers for a lot of the crappy movies that we have. And I think the the more I watch, and, and no joke, hats off to Cinema Sense. Hats off to, like, for you, 
you know, like, and and doing this podcast. Well, oh. yeah, it gives me some insight of like, <laughs> why would you, why would you edit it like that, or like, or all your insights on movies, right? Um, the more I write, I think about how those stories go. And horror as a genre is kind of like that's garbage. Like nothing you're doing makes sense because a human, a real human being, would not just, you know submit to torture like it's just not going to happen uh you're not going to like i'm going to turn around and you're there and i'm not going to like punch you in the face like, yeah <laughs> exactly like oh i'm going to slowly back up i'm so scared like oh there's something behind me you know like yeah it's the the i'm going to run upstairs when there's a serial killer in the house as i run right past the front door that's wide open you know Yo, my like, dude think about it i would tell people not to walk behind me and not like announce themselves yeah because if i turn around and you're there you're getting, you're getting, hit. getting, getting <laughs> hit yeah but see like that's okay so there's this great movie <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite movies it's called behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon and it's this like little it's kind of like an indie flick but essentially it's this it's a documentary it's a mockumentary uh and it's this like college you know uh, film crew meets up with this guy whose goal it is to become the next like Mike Myers, Jason Voorhees, you know, serial killer in a world where these guys all actually exist. And it's essentially like a profession, like, you know, <laughs> that they serve this purpose and uh, you know, it's this whole ridiculous thing, but he kind of takes them behind the scenes in his setup for the big night, you know, like the, right. essentially the horror family where he's like, half sawing branches you know and like nailing windows shut so they go out certain ones you know and like <laughs> all of this stuff and it's amazing like there's a scene where he's like okay do you have like he's doing cardio like you like what are you like what are you doing and he's like do you have any idea how much cardio is involved in this these people are running away from me and I have to make it look like I'm catching up to them while I'm walking. Like, <laughs> that's always been a mystery, yo. Like that like, guy sprinting and then they turn around and he's just like slowly walking and they start running again and he starts sprinting like full speed. <laughs> like that guy commercial where they all they walk away from the car and they go into the barn, the running car. I'm yeah. Like, yo. Exactly. My, my dude, what do you what, I would never make it in a horror movie. Like, I'd be like, nah, first of all. Well, okay. First of all. I'm going to die first. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, just like, it's a rule. <laughs> Let's get the obvious thing out of the way. <laughs> but we would we would never go to camp death murder in the first place. Right. Because they'd be like, yo, you know that's the place where like 20 people died last summer, right? Yeah. Or you guys can go. I'll, I'll catch the next trip. See, I like. I had this really weird fascination with horror films when I was a kid. I, I don't know what it was. I think it was just like the you know that feeling of scariness or whatever. And I, but it, I I hated it at the same time. You know, right. like it gave me horrible nightmares. <laughs> and so when I got like as an adult, I was just like, I don't really care for that stuff. But what I do love are movies like the one I was talking about or Cabin in the Woods, where it's like you know just playing up the tropes and all of the ridiculousness that is horror films and you know how lazy the writing kind of is and like yeah. kind of explaining how all of these things could possibly be <laughs> worked you know behind the scenes and so it's like it's movies like that that i can or um what was it uh ash versus evil dead when that came back on showtime for a while like i kind of watched that um 
I don't know. So stuff like that, like the campy kind of like, oh, let's poke fun at it is right. much more my speed. Like, I, you know, you were talking last week how you're like, I don't want comedy in my comic books. I'm like, no, I need I need tons of comedy in my horror films so that I can actually get through it. Because otherwise I'm just like, oh, I'm a cowering mess in the corner by the time I'm done. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, hats off. Like, I, I don't. But I did watch the uh, Everything Wrong With. Cabin in the Woods again. Hats off to Cinemason. Super addicted to that joint. Um, it used to be the the pitch meeting. Is what I, we I, used to we used to just send those back and forth <laughs> like for like two weeks. And Christy was like, "I appreciate that you like this so much, but I really can't stand listening to that guy's voice in the background anymore. <laughs> like, I need you to put headphones in or something." That's my house because uh, my wife's like. So for, for every sin, it's like, ding, ding. Yeah. And she like, gets so mad. She's like, <laughs> no, no. She goes, I, I just can't listen to the ding, ding anymore. I'm like, well, it's funny to me. I, I, I don't care. And cinema, I still watch Cinema Sins. Uh, I think I've watched all of them, though, which is sad. So Well, they'll please. keep coming out with more. They just need more yeah. movies. Speaking of which, I, last week we disagreed on Venom. Uh, and Venom, the Venom 2 trailer. I see that you have the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes uh, trailer in the list here. Uh, so I did watch it beforehand. Looks pretty cool, going to admit. Um, I will say it's a risky move throwing the word Origins into any movie after the Wolverine fiasco that we had. Um, but what are yeah. your thoughts? I'm totally going to watch it. I mean, okay. I think we've established on this podcast before that your level of watchability is significantly lower than most people. But what do you think your chances are that you might actually enjoy it? Uh, because they actually have the writer from the original comics helping them with the movie. I saw that, which is pretty yeah. awesome. I mean, it does. Like, it looks really good, and I like, I like the angle of before he got like lost his voice and all that stuff. I used to like, you know, be into GI Joe, pretty Everybody, hardcore. Every every kid, every male kid that I know that was even around in the '80s at some point, or even the early '90s. Well, and then again, right, like when I got to college, there was that E Bombs World site where they had all of the GI Joe PSAs with the <laughs> silly voiceovers, and so late at night in our college dorm rooms, we would just stay up watching those. Under well, that's fair. no influences whatsoever. Wow, that's says I, the, the guy wearing I, a pothead T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> the worst I did was watch like a bunch of Beavis and Butthead, but I was definitely, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> so we agree I, that Snake Eyes GI Joe Origins looks pretty good. Thumbs up. I, I think that's going to be, um, and, and that's what I keep saying about like the comics and that whole genre. Right, there are so many stories to tell. And if you tell it the right way, you're probably gonna do okay and i think having the writer or the you know the person that wrote that uh, particular series of comics influencing it it's going to be huge it's like invincible on uh, amazon or the boys where they get the people that actually or even game of thrones um so i heard for uh the new spinoffs the the author is going to actually be involved with the the production I mean, he was involved with the with the original to a Except certain for point. for season eight, yeah. yeah. I think he dropped off at like season six, though. Yeah, he did. 
He dropped yeah. off when he hadn't written anymore, basically. Like, he, right. he gave them, and then they were just like, well, okay, I guess we're going to go figure this out. Yeah. And I think with, uh, and I know it's kind of, it's kind of a month before, uh, it's actually pronounced Shang-Chi. Um, I, I, I was corrected. Um, but I think that it's it's going to be a good action movie, and it's it's probably going to, on a scale of 1 through 10 on a story, I'd say like a, a six or six or seven, which will be passable for an action movie. I mean, it doesn't it's, look like it has much comedy in it, so it, you no, should I'm, be okay I'm, there. I'm definitely okay there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> because I don't want any, I don't want any comics, comedy in my comics. No comedy. Because the, the thing I like though is when you think about these heroes, right? Now, GI Joe is like on. It's a real first, American hero. Yeah, I know. When I was first introduced to G.I. Joe, it was from the cartoon. Yeah. It wasn't from the comics. Yeah, me too. So, um, and then I, I found out there was a comic, and I started reading the comic when I was a kid, you know? See, I never, the, I don't think I ever got to the comic. I think I was I was always a cartoon fan. And they had, like, the movies, the, the cartoon yeah. movies. Oh, the first movie? Yeah. It was so dope. Was and I was like, I was so hyped for that. Oh. Like, oh. And the toys, obviously, like the action yeah. figures. I mean, I had, yeah, so many G.I. Joes. So when you look back at that movie now, you're like, this is garbage. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> but that's like most of, you know. But they had Don Johnson voice, uh, like, uh, I think it was Hawk. And yeah. So they could actually get big names. It's So that'd be like a phase one. Even the Transformers, like their first animated movie, right? Um, you actually... That's what everybody wanted when we were kids. Now we've graduated to where we can have the CGI and everything be right. at a completely different level. Oh, I loved like the first Transformers movie with oh, Shia LaBeouf, amazing. and then they went and got Mark Wahlberg, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" No, the animated movie, dude. Oh, I you mean, like, oh well, yeah, way back. But then, like, yeah, yeah. when they did the new one, and they had the CGI. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So that I, was cool. I the first, uh, like, the very first one was okay. The rest of them were garbage. I think all of them were like. It's <laughs> okay. Go ahead. They were we, all. We like, can disagree on this podcast. They were. They were freaking <clears throat> trash. I mean, though. it was some WPS. It was the trashiest, way away from anything with the Transformers mythology. It was what's her name? It was um, oh, the chick that everybody hates now. Yeah, the one who was married to Luke Perry. Not Luke Perry. The, the other guy from 90210. Um, Jason. What's her name? Megan Fox? Megan Fox. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. She was just like uh, clickbait for the movie. Well, yeah. She I was, mean, that was. She literally was there for the skimpy outfits. Like, yeah. It, the movie had nothing to do. Like, it was a. I've seen all of them. And I've seen a couple of them twice. Like, this is See, like, but that's what I'm talking about. Your level of watchability, like your watchability meter, is so much lower because I saw the first one. I think I saw the second one, and after that, I was like, "No, I'm done." Then I saw Mark Wahlberg come in, and I'm like, <laughs> "No," like I. Because I might watch a train wreck every now and then. I just sometimes I just want to see like. I, I mean, and I'm, I'm not opposed or I, look. It's not like I I'm, will say this. I don't like Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, I've learned he did Underground Six. Yeah, like that's one thing I, I do not like Michael Bay. But you said it was a good flick. Because Ryan Reynolds. 
I mean, he is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, if you're listening, we'd love to have yeah. you on as a guest. Yeah, because you're amazing. Yeah. Like, you're like, like his personality, he can, pro- I mean, even in Deadpool, right? Yeah, I mean, it he was. He is dead. He's literally he Deadpool. Is like Deadpool. I could read the comic and be like, just hear Ryan Reynolds' voice yes. because he is Deadpool. Like that's they are synonymous with each other, and it's yeah. amazing that he like recognized that so early on. Was like, I want to play Deadpool. I want to play Deadpool. I want to play Deadpool. Like I have to play Deadpool. And they're like, okay, you can play Deadpool, and they gave him that crappy Deadpool in yeah. Wolverine Origins. <laughs> and I love the fact that they took shots at it in the oh, new Deadpool. I, I, I hated that. Like, no, that was... like it's it's. That is the Deadpool, like fourth wall breaks all the way through. Doesn't matter. So, but you have like a right, like you have some people like that can create stuff, and it's like, wow, that's awesome, right? But have you heard of the show The Nevers on HBO Max? No, I do not have HBO, so my HBO Max um, knowledge is limited. Okay, it's a great show. Is it somewhere it's else a- that I might be able to watch? That not not yet, but it wow. could be. Oh, you need to get on that then. <laughs> the Nevers is great, but you know who created it? No. Joss Whedon. Uh, so, right? ironically. Okay, but but this is we're coming back to what we've talked about previously, right? Like, are you just going to stop watching anything that Joss Whedon has ever done? No. Right? Like, sure, the guy's a turd, but, you know, I mean, like, he's made some good quality content. Okay, like it's—I just don't think. I don't know. I—I I mean, it's a slippery slope, right? Because when I, I read an article about this, and I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" So this is after everybody was like, "Cancel Joss Whedon," right? They signed like Warner signed him to two seasons, oh, yeah. like right off the bat. They're like, "This is great. We're gonna run with it." And I'm like, "Yeah," and it's a great show. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's the it's the really crappy part. It's a great show. Well, that's what like, I'm talking about. I mean, the guy the guy has made some really good stuff. Like, uh, you know, the Justice League was not one of them, apparently. No. Um, but like, he's yeah. I think he has at times been very good at bringing certain characters to life. I think part of what I wasn't planning to get into a whole Joss Whedon thing, but I was a fan for a long time because of stuff like Firefly and Serenity. And so when he got the chance to work on things like Avengers, I was really excited. Some of the other shows that he had done were also pretty good, like Dollhouse. Um, just like weird kind of stuff. The thing that I think people always kind of uh, prescribed him as this like, oh, he's this amazing feminist, you know, like he these strong female characters. And I'm like, are we watching the same shows? No, we're not. Like, did you ever watch Buffy? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm Buffy. Oh, Angel, no, save right. me. You got to, you got to watch that. No, you but watch. I love Buffy. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, the point is that he he was always kind of held up as this pillar of feminism amongst the geek community, and then it's like, oh wait, he's just another like misogynistic kind of asshole and so to be fair though right like think about the product you're selling like all that's mm-hmm. what i always go back to it's like all right be careful what you're asking for like i'm selling like strong female character like f- for example let's take him out of the equation captain marvel yeah right let's put brie larson in skin tight clothes right and make her make 
you know, extra poses. I mean, Wonder Scarlet Woman. Jo- Wonder Woman, Scar- Scarlett Johansson. Like, how, however you want to, like, dress this up, I, I think the product you're selling isn't what you think you're getting. It just can't be. It's like, no. It's you're selling it to guys. You're still selling it to guys. And the thing that you make, you think is a secret ingredient is always sex. Well, sure. <laughs> and the, the thing you think is a secret ingredient is like a sexual appeal. Yeah. I mean, and and, they do the same thing with, with women, right? I mean, Jason yeah. Momoa without his shirt yeah. on in Aquaman, like my wife, that wasn't a massive hero. thirst trap. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about that movie, but I'm just saying, right? Like that's like, it made a billion dollars. It was garbage yeah it was it was it, it was a good flick <laughs> <laughs> story was like it was like playing, it was you know, the watch. story was was ping-ponging all over the place yeah. like there were there were massive holes in yeah. in the plot um yeah it, i again i enjoyed it because i had absolutely no expect i went in going this is going to be one of the worst two hours of my life Spent watching something on screen. That's coming from a guy that walked out halfway through. What was it? Uh, that Ben Affleck, Morgan Freeman movie. Uh, ben Affleck, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Oh, Seven Monkeys. No, that's or Ben seven? Affleck. No, wait, <laughs> that's Ben. Uh, that was Brad, Brad Pitt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Morgan Freeman. I almost said they look this. They all look alike. Well, that been, that's racist. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Like the sum of all fates, right? Or something Never like that. Watch that. What is that? Ah, is this like stupid movie back in the? No, or maybe it was Deep Impact. Never no, sum of all fears. That's what it was. Yeah, that's not. That will never make it on my list. CIA. Oh no, it's a Jack Ryan flick. Oh, really? Yeah, CIA analyst Jack Ryan must stop the plans of a neo-Nazi faction that threatens to induce a catastrophic conflict between the United States and Russia's president by detonating a nuclear weapon at a football game in Baltimore, Maryland. Tune in later tonight to see if he makes it. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot. It's the dumbest. (laughs) Really? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you, dude. Like... I completely dismissed um, what's that kid's name? Um, Michael B. Jordan's new flick. Which uh, one? The one. Uh, it's a. It's based on a Tom Clancy book. Okay. Uh, what is it called? Something, I'm looking. N- no remorse or some crap like that. I I I literally was just like, "Yo, come on, man!" I literally said, "Yo, B, don't be doing these crazy." Wrong answer. Cat- no, it's like the his new joint, um, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Tom Tom Clancy. Oh, without remorse. Without remorse. Sorry, yeah. I like completely dismissed that because I'm like, yo, is this a cash grab flick? Then I found it was a Tom Clancy book, but what messed me up was the trailer looked like some B roll crap. I'm like, come on, man, don't See, do that. <sighs> I feel Don't like you just guy. slap Tom Clancy's name on something and everybody's like, oh, it must be good. But that's what I'm saying. So for me, it was like a bait and switch, right? They right. gave this this hyper action movie, but every part of the trailer was like, this is like a low budget film. 
I mean, like high budget films aren't required. Like I, you don't have to have a big budget in order to make a good movie. But but his lines were garbage. Well, and that's you know? where I mean, yeah, like the writing's got to be. The, you don't want to do this with me, or I'm like, come on, man, you're not like we need, we need our best agent. He can do more than like as one person than what a squad of ten people can do. I'm like, what kind of okay? Well, that's pretty much like ninety percent of Tom Clancy's. <laughs> So, <laughs> there's only one man, and his name is Jack Ryan. I mean, Jack Reacher. I mean, Tom Clancy. I mean. <laughs> but I completely, like, I was like, yo, I'm not watching. I'm not going to watch my guy come from, like, because I watched uh, Creed in Creed 2. And I'm like, yo, he's actually a pretty good actor. They're making Creed like, 3. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Earn that paycheck, Michael B. Jordan. Cha-ching! <laughs> Get that money, dude. I just saw that in production. Earn that paycheck. Yo. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Like, not. I mean, but do so. I mean, it, it's like, what's your legacy going to be? Like, what's the... I, I watched... Um, I was watching, I was making breakfast this morning and I had Cinema Sins on and they were doing the uh, Batman joint with George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. And I was like, that's Chris and I forgot his name, right? I'm like, that's CSI deal with LL. LL." And I couldn't remember, I'm like making my breakfast going, yo, what's that dude's name? And I was not going to look it up. (laughs) You were determined to figure out what it was. I was like, I will make, I will figure this kid's name out. But that movie may have launched him for a little bit, but ruined ruined him at the same time. I mean, yeah, that was my conclusion because now he's like on CSI, like like freaking Soho with LL Cool J. Yeah, <laughs> CSI Soho. You know, uh, you, you ever watch Arrow? Yeah, the WB show. The guy that played him, I thought looked like like a cheap Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but that kid is that kid's like in shape, yo. He is, yeah. Like he did a lot of his own stunts, and I, I, I yo, what's wrong with television, right? Seriously, I when Arrow first came out years ago, I watched the first episode, and I was like, yo, I rock with the show. Yeah. I was watching Supernatural because there was nothing like you know sci-fi heroey on TV, and the CW had the catalog for that. Sure, but I've noticed like the like. I didn't watch the last season of Arrow. I didn't watch the last season or two of uh, Supernatural because television has gotten so garbage and it's like gimmick after gimmick. I can tell you what like every show is going to have in it just by by like by the sixth episode. I'm like, eh, this is probably where we're going to end up, and it's just like not entertaining. Well, it's because it's what makes money. It's not about entertainment anymore. It's just about yeah. what makes money, you know? And it's sad. I mean, it's, you're lucky, I guess, in a lot of, I mean, I, I say you, I don't mean you, but like, we're lucky, I guess, that we have avenues like Hulu and Netflix that are kind of providing another place for some of those like burgeoning, you know, artistic formats, um, whether it's stand up comedy or, or TV right. or movies. And, I think like that's kind of cool because I feel like we get a lot more of that. At the same time, I feel like the quality of some of that stuff is pretty garbage too. Um, you know, or it's just I don't know. They they crank out so much of it. Sometimes I'm like, how can this all be? 
<laughs> of a certain I, quality, but I agree, and I, I think that we're going to end up in this really weird space with that because, like, I'm sure you heard that um... collaboration, synergy, thinking outside the box, raising the bar, breaking down silos, shifting the paradigm, disrupting the market, business. Warner Brothers and, or Warner Media and Discovery are going to are going to you know merge. Yeah, it's going to. I do think it's going to force everybody to kind of like you know circle the wagons. I don't know who's going to be left standing. I don't think there's going to be a. Um, I don't think there's going to be like this huge price hike. It's going to have to force content to be better. I think HBO Max and Disney Plus will eventually. The top three, in my opinion, are going to be HBO Max, no particular order, Netflix, and uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. End, end of story. So. So you think Hulu is gone? No. Well, Hulu is a great avenue for like network television because most people are cut. You know, people continue to cut the cord, and it's a good way to get to. It's a good way for uh, to put ads in front of people. Well, and I guess if you loop. Hulu in with Disney Plus, then Disney wins, right? But CBS, like Peacock, so um, CBS so is one of those ones, right? They've had their CBS All Access. Um, they do all the sports it. stuff. Uh, yeah, I couldn't nobody. care less. You know, yeah. like any of the CBS shows are also usually on Hulu, even because they've been struggling. I think to get people to sign up for their CBS All Access stuff, but now so, they're part yeah. of the Paramount family, right? right? And this is. I, don't know, I just feel like we're getting back to the point where it's like, okay, we're going to have three media companies that control, like, you know, have all of these subsidiaries and it just. So, or, where I think uh, the networks messed up because that was actually a partnership with the, uh, the top three CBS, ABC and NBC, right. And Fox. Mm -hmm. I keep forgetting about Fox. Yeah. Their plan was to compete against Netflix, and the only way they can do that to get a catalog was to combine. It still works in their favor for right now. Like, I was reading a, a study that um, most people under forty have a Hulu subscription, so they're still making money. Yeah, for the, for them to separate from Hulu and think that their own property is going to like take them across the line. They're fooling themselves. Yeah. Like, I don't give a crap about anything on CBS All Access. I don't care about... Yeah, the Peacock uh, stuff, too. Like, I mean, yeah. there's... I think we've watched a couple of things on there. I don't even remember what it was. Probably, yeah, because it wasn't that memorable. Yeah, it wasn't. Right. It wasn't. It was like, oh, why do we have to go to Peacock to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> So I think that they they waited too long or yeah their first step was the right step was to like the only way that broadcast television is going to make it in the streaming universe in my opinion is to be on a Hulu. You don't need to have your own property to yeah. kind of get in front of eyeballs because I don't associate uh SNL with Peacock. Well, I guess the question is, are they going to make the same kind of money that they're making there if they're yeah. doing everything through Hulu, right? Or through these other oh, streaming yeah. services that they are through cable services. 
So I think our, you, that's a fair point. Let's say you have original content, then the answer is no, right? And it's got to be original, exclusive to that platform. Well, so I guess <clears throat> what I'm asking is if they ab- abandon their own platform to exclusively sell their content on a, on streaming platforms or, or on a streaming platform would they be they wouldn't be making anywhere near the amount of money that they're making doing it the way that they're doing right now well right so okay so the second part to that is the the long play is the hardware right roku for all intents and purposes has won the streaming device war like everything else falls second to um you don't think that the battle with google over the youtube tv stuff with roku is ultimately going to be anything to worry about i mean because i love my rokus like roku has been we talked about this before yeah it's the most convenient player to buy yeah so even on my smart tvs i usually have a roku (laughs) 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 so what i what i think is going to continue to happen is like i have an hd home run and i can dvr stuff through my plex server so i think that as that technology becomes more um readily available like the dvr technology you know self-contained not a tivo but something smaller super easy for uh end users to use maybe hulu goes away right potentially but then i'm just hooking up an antenna right to record that same stuff and i don't need to have hulu so i think they're they're hedging their bets in the wrong place because they haven't thought about hardware Subscriptions are only going to take you so far. And it's kind of like when you go to a restaurant, and I've seen this happen where people say, can I have a Coke? Is Pepsi okay? The brand association with the hardware is, is it a Roku? And everything else that may come after that, people may use it, but the, the first question people will ask is, can I, have, can I add a Roku to it? So I think Roku's hardware play was pretty smart pretty smart and the prices i understand they either break even or or take a loss on each device and make it up in ads yeah so that's 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 brilliant yeah recognizing like this isn't where we're going to make our money the point is to get these devices out into the hands of consumers who are then going to be part of our you know profit generation by having ads that we can display to them regularly yeah. And like I do so like I, I I mean I absolutely love my Roku. I don't mind the ads. Like they do it in such right. a way that I'm like, "All right, cool. It's not obtrusive." Like I love the little scrolling thing, you know, when I if I leave it on and I'm like, "Oh, yep. that's an that's interesting. Maybe I would want to watch that, you know." I never do. I never do. <laughs> but 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 it, it you know, like it doesn't it's not again, it's not obtrusive. Like I'm not like, right. "Oh, this is so annoying," you know. It's it's not like my uh my fire stick I have in yeah. the kitchen, right? Like where it's like for all things holy, please stop taking over the whole like user experience. Their, their new UI is actually more usable and I actually like it, but it's not as simple as a Roku. Um and I think that that's going to be the the second part to um to this whole battle. And I, I don't think anybody's paying attention to it. I do believe that uh, DVR technology is going to become easier for people to use because I'm the, I am on the, pardon me. 
I'm on the far extreme of what people do with DVRs. Yeah. As that becomes easier and easier, then Hulu, well, I think Hulu will, will still be in the game because you can actually aggregate all those channels. But for those of for us people, who don't want to invest in the hardware or right. learn because we're lazy, we're like, oh, that's cool. Hulu, you can keep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's super simple. Now, the, the thing that like where Disney benefits is that they own 90% of Hulu, right. which is cool. So CBS's, NBC, and Fox, their participation actually, you know, strengthens the coffers of, of Disney. Right. Um, but they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. Yeah. I mean, so. they're they're doing everything they can to try and drive people to their own streaming services. But I think, like you said, it's too little too late for the bulk right. of them. And none of them alone offer the type of content that you can get from any of the other streaming services right now. Right. You know, I mean like I haven't um, CBS and Paramount does is not, I'm not like, no, nope, I'm, I'm good. Like, like Paramount, the only thing that would be like, I am not going to, um, like if I was an MTV watcher, I'm not going to get the Paramount out app to watch MTV because that means more than likely if I'm already watching MTV channels, yeah already have cable so there's a lot of things where it's like and honestly if you're still watching them tv like what is wrong with you (sighs) jersey shore uh, (laughs) i always forget about that (laughs) i i like to watch those grenades go capsie here um so you know like last week we talked a little bit about the gas shortage caused by the uh attack on the colonial pipeline here on the east coast and I was reading the article today that was talking about how it turns out that they went ahead and paid the ransom, um, some God, four God. and a half million dollars or so in Bitcoin because who doesn't want to get paid in Bitcoin these days? Um, <laughs> and yeah, like I, I mean, I'm not shocked that like you know everybody's like, well, we really wish they wouldn't have paid, but. We totally understand why companies do this. And no, we don't. Here's why I don't understand it. It pisses me off. The only system that was hacked was their billing system. Yeah. Had nothing to do with their operations. But they shut everything down because they were worried somehow it was going to spread. Supposedly. No, they're two separate systems. Yeah. They were worried they won't. They wouldn't know how to bill North Carolina or South Carolina or Virginia or Maryland. That's all they were worried about. To the tune of four and a half million dollars. I mean, it's not going to stop if they keep getting paid, right? They're they're lazy SOBs when it comes to technology. Like, you harden your system. Like, seriously. there's, There's no reason. First of all, if if the two systems are isolated and you shut everything down because you're worried about. No, I mean, what you're saying makes perfect sense though, right? How can we pump gas to North Carolina and Virginia if we don't know how much we're pumping and we therefore, or we're, we're not able to basically bill them for it. You pick up the damn phone, you know, no, it's better to just shut everything down and create a gas shortage. Because then, what do you do? You drive the price of gas up. I know, because I, I no. <laughs> I, 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 
I mean, this I, is like a win-win. You think it, it probably they probably raked in more than four point four million over the last week and a half over the freaking gas shortage and all that stuff, right? No, they 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 probably couldn't, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm speculating here because they had to sell at a fixed rate, yeah. right? At, at the volume they're 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 moving the product at, but their insecurity and like their their overall business is what concerns me. Like that's like they flinched, like somebody jabbed at them and they flinched. Like they literally did not have to flinch if they were smart. And if you're listening, Colonial Pipeline, right? Hopefully you have backups. Hopefully you can like spin up that whole instance and you kill the, the one that was compromised and you keep operating. No harm, no foul. But that's where most of these companies fall short is that they don't have that type of foresight, right? And they, or they're cheap and they opt yeah. not to have backups <laughs> of stuff, which is probably more often the case. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I, I would think like you would have like uh, a replication of whatever like running system you have. And if you're if you that have, big, right? Like, you, know, you, yeah, exactly. Everything about everything about it was like, yo. At the end of the day, you paid four and a half million dollars. But like, I mean, again, like we come back to like the the FAA operating off of MS DOS, right? For how long? Like, we trust airplanes in the sky to. Freaking zeros and ones. Like, I mean, granted, I mean, I know all computers zeros and ones, but it's just, it's like. Uh, it's stupidity at, at its finest. It's, it's like, laziness. I mean, like, it's just, it's just straight up lazy and cheap is what it is. Like, it is, it is the worst level of penny pitching. It is, I mean, it's like, it's part of this whole infrastructure issue I think we find ourselves in now where it's like well we don't really want to invest in it right now okay well it's going to cost you 10 times as much down the road well we'll just pay that much 10 times down the road like but who's okay with that well, the right? people who are in charge now who figure I'm not going to be here in 10 years and it's not going to be my problem well F those guys yeah. like, I, I'm just saying like, like there should be some serious consequences for those idiots that pay no, actually you know what screw that let me take that back if I'm North Carolina I'm looking at other alternatives as opposed to to CP. Like they're not, they're not my guy. Sure. Like, okay, sure. You, you you did what you did. I respect your decision. I'm looking for a plan B. There's got to be a plan B. There's got to be some enterprising company out there that says, yeah, if you didn't like what what CP did to you and. It caused a uh, a panic for like six days. And we talked about this. It's going to be a week. Yeah. And, you know, and on top of that, they they banked on everybody. I know they got me. Like, I literally put half a tank of gas, $5 less than what it, what it, what it would have cost me to fill up my, my car. So, I know they banked. And I saw gas prices today, like two, two and a quarter, something like that. Um, two and a quarter. Where are you seeing? That? I saw it on uh, uh, going on South Saunders Street. Oh well, yeah. If you want to try to South Saunders Street. Well, I was going downtown. So <laughs> <laughs> out here in Cary, it's still two eighty nine. <laughs> yeah, I saw two and a quarter on South Saunders Street this morning, um, or. T Maybe two fifty. Yeah, it was two fifty. Uh, so it was it was fairly cheap. So that means that 
I mean, it never got over three dollars for basic here. So you probably capped out like what two ninety seven or something like that. I think two eighty nine was the most that I paid at any point. Really? I yeah. I literally paid forty cents more, like a week. No, I mean, so like because I had gone to the Harris Teeter gas station that morning, but during, but during the crisis, yeah, right? on Tuesday, but Tuesday but morning. You, you don't remember what it was the week prior. So it I was like two sixty nine. I mean, it went up probably twenty cents. Okay, so I know if premium went up for like yeah, went up probably for about me, 40. forty cents. Yeah. When I was down so, at uh, the beach this weekend, we were coming back. I was just kind of looking. And I was like, "Well, if I see it, I'll stop and get some just in case." I had a, a little over half a tank, so I had plenty to get back. Um, and I found some, and I think it was two eighty nine again. Like it wasn't. Right. It wasn't terrible. Twenty cents isn't great, but it's like I mean, if I fill up my tank, it's four bucks more. You know. Yeah. So and that's that's all I'm saying. It's like we gotta. Like for us as a state, it, like leadership, like leadership question for the state of North, North Carolina, not just like Governor Cooper, but for the state. Yeah. What's our plan B? Right. Be- because these guys are going to quake and they flinched. Right. And we now know that their system is weak. Yeah. Right. Like, so why are you just going to sit here and be like, oh, no, I'm sure they'll fix all the problems that they had next time. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> they'll just write a check. Yeah. Those- <laughs> They'll just, they'll just cancel our gas again, you know? It'd be like if Duke Energy had a billing issue and they're like, we're just going to turn off the power to everybody till we figure this so out. <laughs> Don't worry, no, though. Good. It won't cause a crisis. <laughs> okay, Texas. Oh, I won't. I'm not even going to get into that. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I got a whole lot of thoughts on Texas today, but. I saw. I did see a funny story. Like, there's a place called uh, the 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 Burger something. What is it called? The a uh, a place in your hometown. Your other my hometown. Your other, Which hometown? Yeah, your unofficial one in Greensboro. Oh, okay. The Beef Burger. They were closing, but they weren't closing on Facebook, right? Yeah. So somebody heard something on Facebook that this place was closing. Dude, lines were stacked. Like stacked. This one guy in this clip, he was in line for like two hours or something for a burger. Okay, you shake no, your head, I'm, but that's I'm listening. That's that's customer loyalty. It is. I'm but, okay. I don't know that I, there's any burgers I've ever had that I would wait two hours for. But uh, there was a time, and when I worked for this one place, uh, all the power went out in carry. And I was in charge of this one location in Preston. Yeah. And I kid you not, dude, that was, and it happened to me twice. <laughs> I was like, F my life. My life sucks. Dude, it was, there's an Adam Sandler movie where he goes to, you know, uh, get breakfast, <laughs> but breakfast, it was like 1031 yeah. and he freaks out. It happened to me like 30 times that day. <laughs> And, uh, I actually had to like, I had where, so I was in Preston. A lot of the executives for uh, that company lived in Preston. They, I had power. So the reason I had power was because my location was attached to a gas station. Right. Which, so I was fortunate. Well, that's not the word I would use. (laughs) I I had power. You had power. (laughs) And, um, it was like 
10, it was 10, 20, and we couldn't keep up. And I was like, yeah, people are ordering breakfast. And I'm like, yeah, I just got to tell them like, it's not going to happen. So I, I go to the front and the lobby's packed. There are cars wrapped around the building twice. And, and this is no, this is literally no joke. Yeah. Like the, the line was, it was like a, I don't know what that's, it was like a spiral. <laughs> it's just, there were people standing outside, like, but they also went into the parking lot. That's how many people there were. And I was like, hey, I know you ordered breakfast, but I'm just going to tell you, like, right now, you'll never get it. So we're going to start serving lunch. And, and I'm very sorry. And people were pissed. Yeah. <laughs> they were pissed. <clears throat> I've been standing in this line for three hours. I want my like, I want my and I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like we just can't do it. Yeah, we cannot do it. There was a uh, uh, one of the he was helping, and we got to do a lot of bleeping out here, but because I don't want it. And uh, he was dropping oil on the floor and like messing up. I was like, "Look, can you just go over there? <laughs> like, <I> was... <laughs> can you just get out of the way? <laughs> You're making things so much worse." <laughs> so, and there was a time where we also remodeled this one restaurant and. Um, we had to close for two days and people were not okay with that. They were mad. Like, why are you closed? I'm like, cause we're trying to make it better for you. Unacceptable. I just want my, yeah, I just want my Mountain Dew. I don't Dew. need this it is... better. I just want my Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, so yeah. So That's uh, customer loyalty burger. for you. Yeah. The beef burger. Uh, I, 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 okay. So the, in the end they didn't close. They, all right. The sad part is they ended up closing because the owner who's been uh, running this place for 50 years was hospitalized. Okay. Broke my heart. I was like, I thought it was a social media, like, uh, like a joke. Yeah. And then I was like, man, that's, it's a good story. It's like, yeah, they really love this place. Um, for somebody to stand in line for like two, three hours to support this guy, that that's like it. If you're running a business, that's what you want. You want you want those people to to show up. So uh, fair. Yeah, go Greensboro. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Uh, I know last week or not last week, but during the week, I sent you that article about ghost kitchens. Um, and no, it's not like a ghost in your kitchen or seeing a vision of a kitchen that's not there anymore. Um, but it's this, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with something creative there. Um, but it's, it's this practice basically of running fake restaurants out of existing kitchens um, yep. as a way during like del delivery service and all of this stuff. Um, That's a thing, dude. Yeah. So I, yeah, like I guess. How long has this been going on? It's been going on for years. It's like a, it's literally a thing. Um there's a in Europe, it's very popular and also in the Middle East. So, for example, uh, I can't remember the name of the countries, but uh, KFC is the uh, the benefactor of this. Mm -hmm. So in one neighboring country, you can't order KFC, but the border is so like uh, really non-existent. You can actually set up shop in a ghost kitchen and uh 
you literally cook all the KFC chicken in this one spot, and somebody takes a like a motorcycle and drives it to another spot where people can pick it up. <laughs> um, so the article when you sent it to me, I was like, "Oh my god, it's hit the states, and it hit, it's hit the states bad." So typically in countries where like uh, the UK, it's it, they're pretty popular where they sell like probably ten items uh, because the the food districts there are super competitive. People eat a lot in, in the UK. In the Middle East, it's it's kind of like, eh. well, first of all, I didn't realize how popular KFC was outside the United States. Yeah, I, but it is like, <laughs> it's like super popular. But during COVID, um, I've seen like a bunch. Like I still follow a lot of uh, restaurant trade journals and uh, websites, and that was one of the complaints that mom and pop shops are having was that um, uh, Uber Eats, uh, not DoorDash, but who's their competitor? Grubhub. Uh, Grubhub and Postmates were encouraging people to sell products. And they were actually, and I'm not trying to take them out of context, so there's no defamation lawsuits. But those U Uber Eats, Grubhub, and uh, Postmates were the three offenders of either running ghost kitchens mm -hmm. or doing like uh, rebranding of products. So I've seen like a few articles where you're ordering hot wings for, from, you know, Some, Chris's yeah. hot wing shack. And it's Pizza really Hut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to go away. I think that for uh, one, of, one of the industries I always look at is restaurants, obviously, it's an indicator of some of the gaps that we have in like our service industry. Um, people have to, people have to, and they want to eat, right? They have to eat, but they want to eat out a lot. Yeah. And I, I guess it, to me, like it just kind of underscores the fact that we have so many kitchens out there, right? We really like underused really kitchens. Yes. Okay. That's that's a fair fact. You have kitchens that are gross, you know, like way larger than they need to be for the amount of food that you're serving at your restaurant itself. And so you have the capacity to be able to do these other orders and stuff like that, essentially. Uh, in a commercial kitchen, technically, no. No? No, you don't. Um, you have – because it costs you per square footage to build a larger kitchen. Um, the problem is, is when volume drops and you – you want to keep the lights on. Well, so I guess then that's maybe the point is that because of the overabundance of restaurants that we have in the area, there, there you, go. <laughs> you have a bunch of restaurants that have extra capacity because they're right. They don't have, they're not filling up. Right. There's the clientele. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I don't, I don't know if that's going to go away and I've actually stopped using um, the, the food delivery apps on my phone. Um, because the more I became aware of it, I was like, this can't be a thing. And when you sent me that article, I was like, oh, my God, it's still going on. <laughs> like, it's still happening. <laughs> so. Uh, I guess, like, can the... you use them and just order from the places you know aren't ghost kitchens? Like Moe's or Chipotle? You, you, won't, you won't know f uh, face value. I mean. Like, you, you think I'm joking. No, but like, I'm saying, I'm like, Chipotle. Like, their, their, their recipes aren't, like, uh, ironclad. I'm not saying you know, they're ironclad, but it's just like, you think that when I ordered my Chipotle last night that Postmates picked it up from a ghost kitchen and not the one in Mooresville? 
Okay, that's a stretch. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's it what has- I'm just saying. Like, I'm just asking legitimately. Let's say if I'm already order ordering it. from the chain restaurant, and it's not that I think that I'm supporting some mom and pop shot, but really, it's Applebee's cooking my food. So yeah, that's and that's more the problem. Um, it, it's the mom and pops that are going, that are going to suffer. Um, I don't support them anyways. Down with entrepreneurship. <laughs> Well, you shouldn't be in the restaurant business anyways. Have, listen to my friend Andre. <laughs> okay, but I did. I actually, I actually pulled back my statement because I realized, like, oh, that's why people open restaurants. <laughs> but stop opening restaurants. Find something else to do. Um, uh, open a construction company. No, don't do that. <laughs> Just invest in the stock market. Bitcoin. No, no, no. All. <laughs> Bad advice. We are not financial planner certified. We're not CFPs. Sell, not sell, a- sell. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the ghost kitchens. If that's if it's spreading that much, and I probably see, well, this month that makes three articles. That means it's going to be a problem. Yeah, and this is not the first time that I've heard about it. Um, right. Because back probably. I don't know eight or nine months ago, I feel like there was another article that was talking about how, especially during the pandemic, ghost kitchens had become like a really big deal because it, in a lot of ways, like it provided an easy way to deliver a variety of food from one location, right? And so your right. delivery radius becomes much shorter. So, like on one front, like it kind of has a benefit, but I do see where if you're a mom and pop shop who's trying to compete or stay alive during this time that having the Applebee's cooking up hot wings that someone thinks is coming from some other restaurant, right. um, you know, is not exactly, doesn't seem fair, I guess, in that way, you know, like, yeah, cause you get generic packaging. Yeah. It's the same kitchen, same workload, same production and boom. Right. Yep. Um, I don't know. And I, I think that we're probably, I still believe that it's going to be probably summer 2022 when we see like a light at the end of the tunnel for our, our day-to-day economy. I don't know what that looks like. Um, Usually it's like a bright dot, but everything else is dark. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the Chris and Andre Show. <laughs> and now we have video because <laughs> when, when I talk to people and I, I just like my brain has already decided what it's going to say. I'm like, no, you can't, you can't say that because you can't take it back. <laughs> so I when I went <laughs> so. So I we'll crack myself por- up yeah, in case you, you guys haven't noticed yet. That's that's two. That's that's two in this this episode, and that's two people that are pushing the button. So <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up with this. We went to Puerto Rico and uh, with uh, one of one of the other guys in my circle, and he literally said. He said something to me, and I responded. He goes, "What? I hurt your feelings?" And I'm like. What? <laughs> like you can't hurt my feelings? He goes, "Oh, I hurt your feelings." I'm like, 
you didn't hurt my feelings. Stop saying that, you know? I'm trying to enjoy my cigar, and you're, like, talking stupid crap. <laughs> and other people coming over, he's like, I hurt Dre's feelings. I'm like, yeah, you gotta stop saying that. Because again, it's like, and I literally did the same thing. It's like, God, <laughs> I want to hit you so bad right now, but I can't because <laughs> you're my friend. <laughs> God, I hate like, you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, I keep my feelings bottled up right here. <laughs> it's, it's like heartburn. It's, it's literally like heartburn. Um, <laughs> Uh, so now we have now we have video and people can see the fact that yeah that guy doesn't like that. <laughs> he does not like that. Oh, that moment of silence. There's a reaction. That was to that. great. Yeah, it was awful. Shut up. That's captured forever. <sighs> so we're super glad you guys joined us. Um, we, we try to make sure we get everything published in a timely manner. <laughs> some um, of us. <laughs> some. Uh, name and names, but um, if you haven't subscribed yet, we're on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Google Podcasts, tune in. And for anybody that's super adventurous and uh, tech savvy, you can always check us out by grab going to our website at chrisandandreshow.com and grabbing our RSS feed. Just don't grab us, that's sexual harassment. Yeah, that's how that's how rumors get started. Uh, we're on Facebook. Look us up at the Chris and Andre show and Twitter at Chris and Andre ish. We're, we're there, but we're probably breaking up with social media. Well, the handle is not at Chris and Andre ish, just to be clear, but yeah, we are exactly. still on Twitter. I, I wasn't aware that we were apparently on the outs with our social media, but I, I just can't, man. There's too much. You literally just told me earlier this week that you were going to be getting back on social media yourself. I thought about to help it, but... promote the podcast so that I didn't have to put the team on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Insert video here. <laughs> and we can do that now. Um, yeah. You can, no. you can always, yeah, I'm going to ignore you now. Just, just do it. <laughs> I'm just done. You can email us at the Chris and Andre show at, at uh, no, at comments and Chris and Andre show. We need to dot update com. the show doc. Yeah, I, I did change that. Um, but we're super glad you hung out with us. Um, you got to see Chris push a, some buttons. Yeah. <laughs> My feelings aren't hurt. Um, no. Andre's, can't do Andre, that. Yeah, you can't hurt Andre's feelings. My feelings are right here. They're like I keep them in a, a little bottle. And then I squeeze the top. And I push it down. And I... There, there's my feelings right and there. His on. doctor says that it's very healthy. <laughs> That's it, normal. It's normal. And <laughs> that there's nothing That's to what, worry about there. <laughs> <laughs> that stroke you're going to have. Yeah, it's self-inflicted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, I'm Andre. And Chris says something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll talk to you next time.